wake up, wake up, wake up. It's the first of the month. Wait, no, it's like the 21st. Um, all right. I'm trying to pet myself up because I, I think I had a piece of toast today and a glass of orange juice so far. And I was going to have a salad when I got home, but I was like bullshitting and sitting in my car before I drove home. And then I got home and sat upstairs and talked for a second. Then I looked at the time. I was like, shit, I got to run. And then I had to go change clothes. And I was like, no, I'm three minutes late. So anyhow, pause break, pause break. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? This is Dante with another episode of Off the Mats Podcast. And my guest this week for episode 49. So I said it. So we have to now make it episode 49 unless I edit it out later, whatever. But my guest for this episode is going to be Miss Tiana Taylor, a returning guest. So welcome, Miss Tiana. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me back. Well, thank you for coming back and, and doing this again. Um, even though we talk pretty regularly, it still feels like, you know, it's, it's still a treat. It's still special to have you on as a guest and and share your your insight on things. Um, so we definitely appreciate having you on as a guest. Um, how have things been uh, going with you lately? Um, well, I'm five weeks post-surgery. I had, as you know, last year I had a fully, um, I had a full ACL reconstruction because I fully ruptured my ACL. I had meniscus damage and because um, lockdown hit Spain straight afterwards, I couldn't get physio or rehab. So I developed fibrosis, which is the buildup of scar tissue in my knee, which made it very, very stiff. But I was still training BJJ. I got back to it pretty quickly. But then I um, got another partial rupture for my ACL, on my ACL, and more meniscus damage. So I've just had um, my meniscus repaired. I've had the scar tissue removed. And I've had something called a Lemaire procedure, which is strengthening of the ACL. So because it was a partial rupture the second time round and not a full rupture, I didn't need a reconstruction. I just needed, needed it strengthening because the... The MRI showed the fibers of the original um, reconstruction were coming away. So I've just been dealing with that, really. Okay. It's been a bit crap, but, you know, these things happen. You know, two major surgeries in 13 months. Not cool, but, you know, it's jiu-jitsu. It's not Zumba, so you are going to get injured. Mm. That there's some Zumba listeners right now. It's like, what are you talking about? We get hurt. We get injuries. Yeah, no, you don't. Yeah, you walk into the person next to you. It's not quite the same. <laughs> I'm not sure what they do for Zumba. I, there was there used to be on the Nintendo Wii a Zumba game. Remember, you had like a little holster you put on, and you put the controller in the holster, and yeah. then you Zumba. I don't. I still don't know Zumba. I think I bought the game. I'm almost certain I bought the game. But it was never used. I would love to see you using that. That no, would be quite funny. <laughs> that, that's not going to happen. I have tons of karaoke games. That That's something that I'll probably end up doing one day. But the Zumba, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, um, because I don't even... 
I'm not sure what Zumba is still. I'm just trying to think like, what is Zumba? I could Google it. I'm sure it'll get weird. Yes, yeah, then... like dancing kind of oh, fitness no. stuff. I prefer martial arts personally, but yeah, same. Although there used to be a ballroom dancing studio next to uh, where my gym moved from. And I consider signing up. It's well, my uncle, he teaches ballroom dancing. My uncle used to be a stripper. So, that, <laughs> <laughs> so that's always it's like, it, you know, whenever I see him putting up, you know, videos of him going to competitions and stuff, I always remember in the back of my mind, I was like, dude, you used to like be a stripper. You used to go up to Canada and shake your ass. <laughs> Weird. Um, but you know, that that's not to say that like, people are married to their past people, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, they, they evolve and do different things, but, um, he's an excellent dancer. That's not something that's in the genetics that, that yeah. didn't pass over to me, but I consider doing ballroom dancing at one point because, you know, just like jujitsu. So like, I want to learn something. I want to go and learn yeah. something new, but and then uh, a friend suggested salsa, uh-huh. um, and I was like, maybe, but I, I think with dancing, I'm just, I fall on my face a lot during jiu-jitsu, so I know if I'm <laughs> dancing, it, it, without fail, I'm going to fall on my face, probably roll my ankle, you know, there's going to be injuries involved, and at least during jiu-jitsu, getting injured, it's kind of like it's earned versus dancing. That's not to take a shot at any dancers out there. I'm just saying I, if I get hurt during dancing, I feel some kind of way about it versus if I get hurt during jujitsu, it's like, well, you know, it was a good fight. (laughs) So, um, but you know, with your injuries, um, and in the recovery, I know that's gotta be difficult. Um, I, I can't imagine it. Like I'm personally stubborn and just impatient. So I can only imagine, you know, what you're going through with, you know, wanting to get back to compete. And I think I saw a post recently, uh, probably today, um, you know, kind of talking about just there's so many tournaments you want to sign up for. And yeah. Just... yeah. I want to compete and there's an IBJJF tournament in Zurich. There's another one in um, the Netherlands. I definitely want to do, I want to do the Europeans in January. Definitely want to do the world, but obviously not this year. Um, but I'm quite lucky in that the physio I see considers me as an elite athlete now I don't actually agree with that I don't think I'm an elite athlete let's not get that confused um but he googled what um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu actually is and he put me in the category of elite athlete so I have physio every day which is amazing except I had it for the first four days and then he came into contact with someone with COVID and it's been on hold since So I'm quite nervous about developing this scar tissue again because last year I didn't get physio at all. And although I have had some, I'm quite concerned that if I have another buildup of fibrosis, I will need a third surgery, which I really don't want. So um, I find out later this week if his um, PCR test is negative and if everything's okay. I can restart my physio, but I'll be having it every day, which is really good. Really, really good. 
That's good. With being semi-stationary or immobile, is there any concern of uh, blood clots? Well, actually, I had to inject my stomach for the first three weeks with blood with blood thinners. Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, I have a B12, um, vitamin B12 deficiency, and I have to inject my backside uh, once a week with very long needles. So these needles are like diabetic needles. They're tiny in comparison. So to stop blood clots forming, because that's a, that's a real um, risk when you have ACL surgery. I was injecting my stomach um, at 8 o'clock every night um, with, these blood th- with these blood thinners. But I'm not doing that now because I'm getting around a bit. I'm still in a full leg brace. So if you hear a squeak at all, that's my that's my leg brace moving. But um, while I've been off physio, I've just been trying to do what I can with the exercises I learned in my first week. But now I'm on week five. I kind of feel I need to be moving ahead a bit more. Five years ago to the day, actually, I got really sick i ate some mango that wasn't ripe and it created a blockage in my intestine and what's funny is yesterday for lunch i was going to buy some pre-cut mango Mm -hmm. and i looked at the date and i said "Mm -mm, no way jose i'm not not (laughs) falling for that shit again but um i i ended up I thought I thought it was the end for me. I was in so much pain. I thought it was a wrap. I kept thinking, like, and Sophie was two like two weeks. But basically, Sarah was due. Um, but Sophie should have, you know, was on her way out. And I was thinking, like, dude, I'm going to die because of a mango. And my daughter will never get to meet me. And then she's going to find out that I died because of a mango. And she's going to like this bitch. <laughs> He got defeated by a mango. Fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh, when I ended up in the hospital, they advised, given you know the shot in the stomach, uh, the blood thinners, and I was like, nah, we're good. We're not doing that. They already put a tube in my nose, and you know they're you know already shooting me up with morphine and all types of goodies actually a a weird thing about that is my hip was hurting so they shot me up with some tylenol and the tylenol was supposed to be six to eight hours and it wore off after about two hours and i buzzed the nurse i was like hey can i get some more of that tylenol my my hip hurts again she goes well um your schedule you, you know every six to eight hours for the Tylenol. So, and it's only been two hours, so we can't give you any more, but we can give you some morphine. And I was like, wow, that, that, that escalated. But <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead. Give me some morphine. <laughs> I've had uh, morphine a lot. I've had it cause I've had um, nine operations now. Only, only two have been on my knee. They, the others have been for other things, but morph- morphine's good for taking away pain. Really good. It wasn't really doing a whole lot for my pain, but I was watching hockey and basketball while on morphine, and 
I could still feel the pain, but I wasn't concerned with the pain because I was fascinated by the fast paced sports on the TV oh. while, while drugged up. And I was just like, Ooh, I'm not sure what they're doing right now, but it looks entertaining. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, they, they suggested, you know, I take the, the blood thinners. I, I declined and they're like, well, we just recommend that you, you have to move around a bit. So oh. I was in the hospital for a week and every single day, with the tube in my nose and everything, I'm I'm walking around that hospital, doing lunges. You know, I was basically because I was still new to jujitsu. I was um just about a year into it at that point, so you know I was doing all my movements. You know, as far as um you know stand up, um like lunges, uh, sidestep, um, tried to do karaoke's. I didn't work well with uh, with the gown, so. We, we passed on that, but a couple of days later, you know, I complained of some pain in my legs and they did a ultrasound. They didn't see anything. They were like, no, there's nothing here. Mm-hmm. So they released me from the hospital, you know, two days even after that. So I do a follow-up with my primary and I, I love my primary because she trained jujitsu. <laughs> so, so she, she knew you know, the, the goofy injuries I would get. Yeah. Um, although she gave me some muscle relaxers for my, my bad hip and me being me, I took one. Um, I was driving home and I was like 10 minutes from home. So I took one. I was like, it'll hit by the time I get home and I can lay down. There was a detour. So traffic got delayed. Oh, <laughs> so while driving, everything went funny and then suddenly i'm driving on the wrong side of the road so once i figured out what was going on i white knuckled it i I was squeezing that steering wheel the entire way home and driving slow i got home walked in the door fell right on the floor and just went to sleep i was like nope never again that was the last time i ever took a muscle relaxer um Wow. So I keep getting sidetracked. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically, once I went to see my primary, she uh, sent me to get a what she called a D, D-dimer. I don't know. She sent me to get some kind of screen. And, and she was like, if it comes back positive, you have to come back here immediately. So they did some blood work. I'm on my way back to work at this point. And I get the call. Nope. You need to come back now. I didn't want to go to work anyway. So. I turned right around. <laughs> I don't think they knew I was coming in. I was just going to show up. Yeah. And I turned right around and went back to the doctor. Like, you have uh, you have a pulmonary embolism, which um, was the blood clots. They uh, reached my lungs at that point. Yeah. And they're like, you don't have a choice. You now need to take yeah. the blood thinners and give yourself a shot in the stomach um, every 12 hours. Uh-huh. So I would do it in t- at 10 in the morning and 10 at night. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> one of the times Sarah did it while in labor because I couldn't poke myself. I just couldn't do it. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I had to do that from May. Uh, yeah, the beginning of May until September. And it sucked. So that's like, that's what I was thinking. It's like, man, I hope she doesn't have to do that. Cause that's, but there are people that got to do it all the time, like the rest of their yeah. lives. But 
it's like you're having to do it because a pulmonary embolism is really serious that can kill yeah. you yeah so the nurse um when when i went in you know i'm waiting in the um one of the back rooms he comes in like like just in a panic and he says you have a pulmonary embolism and like he says like with this like intensity and uh, you know, Sarah and I were sitting there. I'm pretty calm. And I was like, okay. And he was like, and the way he came in, like the way that he said it just got me like jolted. I was like, okay. He was like, okay, now we're going to take your blood pressure. I was like, yeah, you should have took the blood pressure first and then told me. That. <laughs> like, at the, like, you did that backward. But, um, <laughs> but now it, it, it was fine. Um, they, they told me I couldn't train jujitsu. They told me I couldn't run. I don't listen very well. So, I lightly trained quotes <laughs> um, and I didn't run on a treadmill, but I did walk quite a bit and like, ironically enough, I read something online. There was a gentleman who's uh, training jujitsu. He walked into his gym. He collapsed and died because he had uh, pulmonary embolism. So that scared yeah. the shit out of me. So I stopped training. I was like, okay, time to take this break for real now. Yeah, yeah. But, but um, I'm gonna probably edit most of that out because it like took a lot of time to tell that story. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, you no longer have to do the blood thinners though. No, no, I've stopped yeah. with that now. They leave a lot of um, bruises on your stomach, but mm -hmm. it's it's fine. No one really sees that anyway. But it's getting really hot in Madrid now, though. So my summer wardrobe's coming out. I've got my ACL scar this time is really, really long because last year um, I had, well, I had an, oh, I always say it in Spanish. How do you say it in English? Arthroscopy, where they, it's keyhole surgery. Yeah. And, um, Last year, it wasn't too bad, but where they came out, where so they go in um, in your knee and they come out the other end of your knee, and I developed a keloid scar, which is a raised scar. And because I'm mixed-raced, um, my skin's darker and the scarring is therefore darker. But thankfully, during this, this uh, and the, key, the keloid scar looked horrible, to be honest. But during surgery this time, they they actually removed the, the scar um, because it was raised. Uh, but I'm left with a really big scar on the um, right hand side of my of my knee because they've because they've strengthened my ACL. The scarring's a lot more intense. But I'm not like ashamed. I'm not going to hide it. I'm still going to wear shorts. I'm still going to wear skirts. I just see it as my battle scars. Yeah. And I had surgery in 2000 and when was it? No, 2020 last year um, on my thigh. So I had a suspected muscle disorder and I've got quite a large scar on my thigh. So if, if, if everything stays on my right leg, that's cool. My left, my leg, my left leg is my good side now. But I've got quite a lot of scarring, but I'm not really that bothered about it. I'm not a supermodel. So, you know, whatever. I think scars you know it, it's it a it, story yeah it, it, it adds it has personality it's a it's a conversation starter um 
none of my scars are visible like just with my stomach and surgeries and everything all my scars are around my stomach and uh, abdomen and things like that so that you know I don't get to show those off too often um, just which you know no big deal and then when they removed the lipoma like a, a lot of stuff happened to me um, in April five years ago I had a you know a, a lipoma removed um, off like my side and then the blockage and then my daughter was born then lost my job but bought a house while losing my job um they didn't know and then i think that was it like tw- i think that's like, enough isn't it that's enough for really, isn't it to go through like 2016 was wild and then prince died and david bowie died and then later that year george michael died like they're like those those like three of my favorite like musicians mm-hmm. so it was like wow so i got sick my daughter was born, so that's pretty fucking cool. We bought a house, that's pretty cool. But Prince died, that sucks. And David, I think yeah. Prince died. Uh, although we're recording this on the twenty first of April, um, I think Prince died the June seventeenth. He died within this within this week window. Um, but then David Bowie, and then George Michael around Christmas time. Pretty sad time. 2016 was rough. I hope everybody else had a pretty good 2016. I mean, it was good for me. I had a daughter, but yeah, yeah, but but George Michael died, and you know, it was was pretty rough. Like, I would, you know, I'm not saying that you know George Michael dying trumps my daughter being born, but I I, like I I really like George Michael. Yeah, like I was actually sad, but yeah, yeah. um, Anyhow, I'm going to edit that out too. (laughs) (laughs) So with your surgery, like the recovery time, Mm -hmm. when do they think you're going to be able to start kind of getting back to, you know, some, you know, some light movements? Very soon. Because actually the day before my surgery, I was in the gym knocking out PBs on my lifting because um, I was training jiu-jitsu two days up to two days before the surgery. Um, but I was mostly drilling. I wasn't really sparring because I had I knew I had a partial ACL rupture. I didn't want it to become a full rupture. So I was only drilling. But I was lifting because, you know, you lose, uh, you get muscle atrophy. You lose a lot of muscle with these kind of injuries. So I was deadlifting I was benching I was doing everything I kind of normally do and I did it right up until the last minute um time wise I'll be able to compete again for rolling full force within nine months um which means I can do the Europeans in Lisbon in January I don't know how I'm gonna do that that's assuming it's on it probably will be on um I don't know how I'm going to do because I've had so much time being injured. Um, But I'm still going to go for it. I'm still going to go for it. Um, I'm hoping to be back on the mats in June. 
doing just um, drill. I'm going to be really, really careful. I was careful last time. It was just, again, really, really bad luck. But I just see it as a test. I see it as a test of how badly do you want to do well in jiu-jitsu. Sure. Um, so I think at the moment I would probably be okay using a static bike, but I want me okay from my physio. So before I do before I do anything else, um, other than what I have been doing, I, I do want that confirmed by my physio. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's going to say it's okay. I'm still walking on crutches. I'm still in a leg brace. I think that's going to come off within the next week or two. Um, but I'm going to delay sparring for quite a while simply because I just don't want any more injuries because it really takes a, a toll on your mental health as well especially when you train like I train. Um, it's very, very difficult, very difficult. And you could be the strongest person in the world, but if you do some, I might just just be a blue belt in inverted commas. But when you train how I train, it's more than just recreational training. I'm very, very into competition, as you know. Yes. Um, so... I want to, I really, there are, I do have a list of competitions I want to do, but I'm going to be very, very careful, take things slowly. Um, I need to work on my cardio, especially. And um, I'm going to be doing a lot of drilling, a lot of drilling before I get back into rolling. But hard rolling, I've been told nine months. Okay. I mean, drilling is, you know, key anyway. Yeah. I, I'm personally, in favor of just, I'll spend an hour drilling. Like personally, I'd much rather. I was saying to one of my teammates today, we, we both got on the mat. And we're both like looking at each other. I was like, dude, I'm so tired. I was like, me too. We we're about to spar. He goes, I'm going super light, which I don't know what his definition of super light is, but <laughs> he went anything but. Um, but we we both said to each other. Hey, dude, I would much rather just drill yeah. this entire – we're doing cross chokes, and we're both, like, kind of cinching them in pretty tight. So maybe not drill cross choke for an hour, but just kind of the movements and stuff. But I'm always in favor of drilling. So, uh -huh. you know, I, I think that will definitely be super beneficial for you and helpful. Um, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing two days up to two days before the surgery because I didn't want to risk making my injury worse by rolling hard, and sure. um, so I just drilled. And I think because I because I was still very active right up until I had the surgery, that's helping my recovery because the physio the physio I saw. I, I see, sorry, physio I see doesn't really see athletes and there are some students doing internships there and he called them over to come and feel my thighs, which <laughs> was a little bit strange. <laughs> um, they're like, they're like, hey man, don't make this weird for me. You don't make this weird for me. <laughs> so yeah, they were like, yeah, come and feel her thighs. And the thing is, I'm not in my fighting weight at the moment. So when I'm really in shape, my thighs are like steel. So um yeah, they were like, wow. It, it was a little bit, it was a little bit strange, but I didn't mind because you know, they're university students, they you know, they they need to see a range of bodies, a range of um 
you know people to support their learning so i'm i'm all for um i'm all for medical students being in my appointments the only thing is the difference between spain and the uk i don't know about the states but they'll say they're normally in the uk they'll i've had this many times for various things they'll say to me oh tiana i've got um a medical student in do you mind if they stay and normally i'm like yeah that's cool but I had a pap smear here in Spain. And bear in mind, um, I'm a university professor. I really didn't want six students looking down my cervix. So my first question was, um, what university are you from? Because I don't want to go to work on Monday and find out that you've all looked, <laughs> looked at my cervix because I was teaching English for medicine and anatomy. So I was like, uh, where's my consent? Because the, the, the head doctor did not ask if I was okay with it. And I was like, whoa, hang on a second. I don't want to see, I'm sure they did not want to see my cervix. And I certainly did not want to see them in class on Monday. Um, but they weren't at my university. But I still found it really strange that I wasn't asked permission. I was just kind of told, yeah, these students are going to, um <laughs> check you out as it were that's yeah, weird. Um, that weird yeah i'm not sure i, I haven't had many pap smears in my, <laughs> my life so i don't know um I, i've actually never just in a hospital procedure had you know students in mm. uh, as far as i know i when i was a kid i had a lot of you know, a lot of surgeries with my stomach so yeah. to me, all adults were doctors in my mind. I was like, oh, yeah. you're all doctors to me. I don't know. You know, I'm trying to boost self-esteem at that point. Egos. I was like, hey, you all are doctors. There's some student like, well, thanks. I'm not. I'm about to drop out. But uh, thanks. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I would imagine that here, you know, there would be some sort of consent signed or, you know, permission slip signed or anything because it's especially for that that yeah. just feel like that's a little intimate <laughs> um like like what like why hey man like and then you know you, you see one of them on the street one day and they're like i know you way better than anybody <laughs> else in this room <laughs> like that's just i don't know oh, word yeah, over here they t they tell you stuff rather than ask for your consent. And there was one occasion where I had an appointment, and I said, I said I don't want that girl in my appointment. I don't give my consent. Not that they asked for my consent, but I said I don't want her in my appointment. And she kicked off. She kicked off. And I was like, Wow. So we had an argument in Spanish, and uh, I was like, I just said to her, This is my appointment, not yours. You didn't like that. Well, it, it doesn't matter if she does or doesn't. Exactly. It, exactly. Like, I don't know. I mean, I had a similar like thing at work happen a few months back where I just didn't like working with this particular person. They they, they called my um they called me and asked me, you know, about when I covered their property and he was like, well, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. You didn't do this. It was like, and I told him, I was like, look, man, when people are covering my spot, I don't leave 
a laundry list of tasks for them to do. Uh-huh. You're like, when you come over to my property and cover, you just make sure that, you know, the, the, you know, the building doesn't burn down and that's pretty much it. I don't leave you with a bunch of like, so we got into a small argument. Like when I say small argument, I hung up on her <laughs> and it, like they haven't put me at her location since and good. Cause fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like people, you know, you have to make sure people are okay with, you know, what's going on. You, you can't just assume or just throw people yeah. into the fires, like make sure they're okay. Like, Hey, so we're going to have some students come in and, you know, observe while we're, you know, doing your physical therapy. Okay. That's cool. Hey, oh. we're going to um, have some students come in while we, you know, give you a prostate exam. No, thanks. <laughs> like, cause I don't know how I'm going to react with a finger in my butt and I don't need them. I don't need them judging me like he's enjoying that too much or he didn't like that at all like they just see the way he tensed up like like like, there's just some things we shouldn't have observations for and also now that i'm on that topic like i didn't mean to take this down like a, a, a bizarre path but all the technology that we have all this wonderful stuff that we can do you know, we can't figure out another way to check the prostate besides putting a finger up the butt. Like, come on, dude. Like, I just, I don't know. My grandfather told me once about having a camera, like a little mini camera, put up his pee hole. I'm just like, dude, I'm not looking forward to getting old. Like, this shit is terrifying because they're, they're like doing things that are weird. I'm like, dude, I just want to be told like hey man you need more fiber in your diet you know like <laughs> simple stuff not like you know hey like you know you put their finger there and it's like mm, that feels weird like you're fucking telling me your finger's in my butt <laughs> it should be weird so i'm not editing any of that out <laughs> um oh, dear. but but you know, good. You uh, should be back onto the mats in June. See how I segue right back to that. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, because I I know that's been I know that's been tough. It, it's been yeah. tough, like as a friend, like you know, just knowing how badly you want to be on the mats, and it's like yeah. I, I know, and I'm like, damn, dude. Like, I hope she can get back tomorrow. Nope, not tomorrow. Okay, maybe the day after. Nope. Okay, maybe yeah. next week. All right, so. But June, June is right around the corner. So good. Um, so with competing, because you, I, before we started recording, or maybe while we're recording, I don't know, we've been talking, um, you, you listed off um, quite a few locations. I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with the landscape of Europe. So like how, like what's the travel like to you know, a lot of the competitions for IBJJF, like, is it like super like long, like travel times or is it comfortable? Not at all. That's why when a lot of, when people come over from the U S to do the Europeans in Lisbon, they often stay and do a tour of Europe because um, the countries are pretty close together. So to Lisbon, it's about two hours on the plane. Um, Some people actually go by coach to Lisbon for the Europeans, um, which is obviously a lot longer. 
Um, the Netherlands, the again, the Netherlands to Zurich, the time, the travel time isn't too long at all. We're talking a couple of hours. Um, I think absolute maximum is about three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, that, and I've got friends in those those locations, so it's easy to stay with somebody, which saves on like hotel hotel costs because the IBJJF comps themselves are pretty expensive. But I I do like the IBJJF. Not many people do, but I I, I like them. I like them. I, I think they're quite well run. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to do as many local competitions because um, I. As you know, I co-run the clubs. And for me to coach and compete on the same day, I find quite draining because I coach in Spanish. Um, my native language is obviously English. And like motivating the team and being there for them and coaching them is actually really tiring. And I did that once. I coached um, about five, five of our team and then I had to step up myself to, to fight and I was so exhausted from screaming <laughs> instructions that when it was my time to fight I was exhausted so um I still won that I still won but it's not something I really want to do again um sure. so I'm going for more um more prestigious competitions and ones where I get to travel and see a bit more of the world when COVID decides to leave us and we can actually travel. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, that's one of the things kind of um, just thinking about our competitions here with our local competitions more so. Um, some of the organizations, you know, our coaches aren't fond of, so they, you know, don't tend to, uh, take the team out to them. We, like IBJJF is, is the main one. Naga, yeah. um, which is I think the North American Grappling Association. I, I know words, girl. Relax. <laughs> um, like I like I'm coming off a concussion. Like chill. <laughs> I can't think. Oh yeah, you, you told me about that. Sorry. Um, no, nah, nah, I'm fine. I, I think. Like I'm I'm as fine as I can be. I think. Um, and then grappling industries is another big one over here that, yeah. um, we go to, and I'm trying to think like, there's so many other smaller competitions, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, our team, like our coaches like now nah, want to go there. Like we, we, we don't like the way that it's run or something like that. And that's fine. I guess I get it. I, I'm not you know, a hater of IBJJF personally. I don't like that. I can't compete without like for males. You can't wear anything under your, your gi and because of my stomach, I just don't feel comfortable grappling, you know, with my stomach exposed and then like get a neoprene brace. And I don't really feel comfortable with that either. As a matter of fact, today while uh, training, you know, my, my shirt rolled up and a neoprene brace rolled up too. So now my stomach is exposed and it's, you know, I'm open about I'm wearing a bag and everything on my stomach, but it's still not everybody at that gym knows about it. Yeah. But also just because I'm open 
doesn't necessarily mean, you know, I want everyone looking at it, you know, at, at this moment or that moment. <clears throat> so I don't know, but you know, outside of that, I think IBJJF is fine. I know people have issues with some of the rules as far as a uh, reaping and, and hill hooks and toe holds and stuff like that. Honestly, I think a lot of people just want something to complain about. So that's why everybody gives IBJJF a lot of shit. Personally. Are, the thing is that they are expensive. That's the yeah. bugbear I do have. They are very expensive. Well, I think well, at least, you know, a lot of our local tournaments here, they're all running around a similar price um, with, oh, with really? the 20 bucks of each other. Yeah. Wow. So um, I, I know for myself, I'm like primarily ghee. So in my mind, it's just like I would pay, you know, whatever it is to do ghee. And they're like, well, you know, you're paying so much, you get ghee and no ghee. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. Like, because with, like I was explaining to my wife the other day and, and my coach last week with ghee, I can tie the belt kind of in a good spot on my stomach to kind of semi-protect it with no ghee. And and also just the ghee, there's, there's a lot of pattern around my stomach to protect me where no ghee there's nothing. So yeah. if you go to put your hands, you know, on my waist or on my stomach or anything to push away, that's, you know, all your hand, push it on the stoma on my stomach and it's not comfortable. Yeah. Um, and it's not an all the time thing. So, cause I do train no gi, but it's just, you know, when you're going with somebody who is a stranger and, you know, they're out the wind, they're not worried about your stomach and, and they shouldn't be because honestly, I, I know what I'm getting into. I signed a waiver. So yeah. it, it's not their responsibility, but, but yeah, the, the cost, it, it is, they're not cheap for sure. Wow. Um, so that is definitely something that plays in my mind when I don't compete. They're like, Hey, yeah. you know, competition's coming up, you know, who's all, you know, trying to go. And they ask me, I'm like, you know, I already don't want to do it anyway, but then it's like, there are times when I'm like, I think I do want to do it. And then I think about, well, I don't really have $120 just to put down just so I can go out there and get my ass kicked. Um, it's like I'm already paying, you know, X amount of dollars to get the shit kicked out of me two, three times a week. Now I'm going to go do it in front of a crowd. <laughs> and, and I got a, like a plane ride home that I got to think about my, you know, you know, like, wh like what could I have done differently and what can I do better next time? It's like, you know, so that's just me though. I'm, yeah, I'm a sourpuss sometimes about that. See, but either way, that's neither here nor there. So, I'm definitely going to compete, but again, but I, it's just got to be when I'm 100% recovered, because I I can't face more time more time out. Because I was still I was like I said I was still training injured, but I was just being really really careful. I didn't do anything silly. I picked my partners very carefully. There were certain techniques I wouldn't do um, because it would have made things worse. So I wasn't I wasn't daft with it. I was very, very careful and very mindful of my injury. But I don't, you obviously, when you compete, the other person doesn't care if you've had an injury. So I am definitely going to compete, but it's got to be when I'm 100%. Well, absolutely. And I remember when you were training before the surgery, you know, you were kind of, you know, discuss that you were being careful, you were being safe, yeah. you know, because in my mind, 
I, I would train injured. It's just because, you know, I know my body. But then when I hear friends are training injured, it's like, Ugh, be careful, man. But yeah. same deal, though. You know your body. You know what you're doing. So if you were like a brand new white belt, just started training, got hurt, and like, I'm going to keep training. It's like, mm, I don't know about that, man. You might want to chill. But yeah. it also depends, too, because if you, you're like a brand new white belt just starting, but you've wrestled before or you've done judo or you're just an athlete, period. You know, you, you kind of know your body and you know what you can and can't do. So there's that. Um, and uh, when they were saying they said you were an elite athlete, the doctor said. Yeah. yeah. So they were that, not my words. I would like to emphasize no, they were not my words. That, that no, 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 no. my physio. I, I wasn't saying that kind of in a mocking way either. I was <laughs> remember the word and it was like elite athlete, um, which is cool. I mean, not because you, you compete. So you're not like, because there are guys that are like, well, I'm an athlete, you know, and it's like, but are you? Like, what well, you, know, you know, I play, like, I, I call myself an athlete. You know, I play, you know, multiple sports and things like that, but I'm not like, I wouldn't say I'm, you know, an athlete, like a, an elite athlete at that, you know, whereas if you're competing in something, there's preparation and, and care that you take for your body. So that puts you in that category, I think, you know, versus me where, you know, hey, I do jujitsu and I might, you know, maintain my diet a certain way and I might, you know, kind of keep my weight at a certain spot. But at the end of the day, it's just for personal, you know, I'm doing this, whereas you're doing it for personal, but also for competition as you're growing and you're getting better. So you're also improving your body. So yeah, you're an elite athlete. Like, don't be so modest. That is debatable. That is debatable. Mm. But I think it's because, as I said, my physio didn't know what jiu-jitsu was, Brazilian jiu-jitsu was. He looked it up. And because I do compete a lot um, and I train a lot, um, he said, you need physio every day. No, I mean, so I'm, I'm not going to complain about that because last year I didn't get it at all. I mean, you know, again, just given that you compete, it you know makes sense what they're saying because you know, they're doctors. I'm not, <laughs> but but you know good. I'm glad that you're you know you're getting the physio um, daily. Well, well when when well, my yeah. when my dad comes back from his yes uh, COVID quarantine, it'll so, go back to being daily. So, but that's good. Uh, you know, all yeah. the same because there's there's you know nothing worse than inconsistent recovery and uh, and um, rehab just you know you're not ever going to be able to fully recover properly so yeah. you know it's good to hear that and also just you know prior to going into the surgery you you doing um, a little bit of training just already being in shape helps you bounce yeah. back quicker um, you know when I, I did work quite a lot on prehab as well um, particularly with weights um, to keep myself strong, to give myself a better chance of um, recovering afterwards. But again, I still need to be really careful because with your ACL, you think you can think that you're okay and not in pain. And before you know it, you've damaged it again. So I just don't want to go down that road. Those are the things though, too, with the, the, the especially the knee, the knee is a weird injury just altogether because mm -hmm. 
there like you know watching um, american football over here you'll see someone walking perfectly fine you think oh they're not hurt they're fine they're walking fine but not they tore their acl you know it like in and the thing is sometimes you you know you guys some guys don't even know they've done it um yeah. or they've done something so light that you know they they don't even realize like how it could even happen so just the proper precautions and proper care especially for things like a knee or a shoulder even. yeah um no, i didn't actually know i had re-ruptured my acl i had no idea i thought it was my meniscus because well it was my meniscus as well but i was in a lot of pain going up and down the stairs so that's like classic of meniscus damage. So I was really shocked when I found out it was my ACL again. And I was just like, I can't believe this. Yeah, it's devastating. Uh, yeah. Just because any injury is devastating, no matter how minor it is, because that's time away from the mat now. Yeah. Um, I have a friend, you know, we work on Sunday, Sundays together. And they were like, you know, look, they're not feeling too hot. You know, they, they you know, they're just, their, their leg was hurting. And there's a movie where there's a saying, uh, it's a football movie, American football movie. And the guy gets cracked, he gets hit hard and he's laying down. Coach comes over and says, are you injured or are you hurt? And the guy goes, well, what's the difference? I was like, well, if you're injured, you can't keep playing. If you're hurt, just get back up. So uh, my guy, his leg was hurting. So I urged him to come in. I was like, look, we're going to go super light, but I want you to take notes as well. So we're going to yeah. do a lot more talking than movement. But, you know, we'll still do some, you know, some small movement just to keep your body fresh. But specifically, I want you taking notes. I think note taking is important. It's not effective for everyone, but I think at least for me, Going back and reading it doesn't help, but writing it down because I have to write the movements yeah, same, out. Same. So, um, you know, every little bit counts, even if you, you know, and it sucks again having to be away from the map, but, you know, there's still, you know, things to be done, uh, fortunately. So that's good. Um, is Europe open for competitions right now or is it upcoming? Um, well, in Madrid, there have been two competitions that have been postponed because we are still actually, we're not, um, we're confined to our areas. So Madrid is massive, but the competition, the local competitions um, take place outside of Madrid, which means that people, if they're stopped by the police because they're going out of their area that's confined, um, will be sent home. So it's not worth having a competition. Um, so they've been postponed. Two competitions have been postponed. Um, and no big... There are a lot of competitions in the US, but not really in Europe at the moment. Yeah, over here, things are starting to open up. Um, they, some of them never really closed, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, yeah, some areas are just like, eh, fuck it, Florida looking at you <laughs> it's just like nah they're like COVID fuck is that like you, yeah. you know you see a video during like the heat like the heart of COVID like people are just out like just kissing strangers it's like hmm guess they are not afraid of COVID fear is not a factor for you trust me 
Um, meanwhile, where I'm at, it's like people are wearing double mask. Like, honestly, yeah. I'm okay with wearing a mask because yeah. I don't want people to know who I am. Like, uh, like I go out, not that, not that people recognize me and like bother me. But like, I just like to be able to go out places and not see anyone. <laughs> like, I, not that I really go out. I go to work. I now go back to jujitsu. I go home. Mm-hmm. I don't go to stores and it's not because of COVID. I wasn't going to stores anyway. I don't, yeah. I, I don't like human interaction. I don't, well, you know, like stranger interaction, I should say. I don't like going out to the, you know, like Walmarts and targets and, you know, these um, department store type deals. Just not my thing. I drove past the mall the other day and I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder how the mall is being affected by all of this. And I was like, I don't care. They, <laughs> like, because everything in the mall is overpriced anyway, but people still go there. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and then also, like most of the shops in the malls, like are people really going? Unless it's like a big chain like Nike or you know whatever. I don't know what is you know these chains are. Um, Tommy Hilfiger is that still a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. But, in a department store, yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. They, I mean, they were popular when I was about seventeen. That was a long time ago. Gosh. Yeah. Um, but I think they're within over here. Tommy Hilfiger is within are within department stores. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to even think. It's like I haven't been to the mall in so long. I don't even know what's in there. Bath and Body Works. I could buy a bunch of lotion. They actually, I do need to go there because the lotion smells so good. Like, I don't care if it's like women fragrances, they smell so good. <laughs> I, wear them. I had a lady, she made a comment at me once. And like, this was uh, back in like 2007, 2006. She insinuated that I was gay because I was wearing this floral smelling lotion. And I was like, okay, I like the smell of it. And so, what if I'm gay? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I could beat everybody in this room. Like that sucks for y'all, because now you just angered the gay guy. So like, <laughs> don't do that. Like I'm not, but you know, there's nothing wrong with it if I were. So, but yeah. I just like to smell of those lotions. They smell really, really, really nice. Um, maybe sometimes overpowering. And when I got in trouble with the law several years back, I had a probation officer, and she was allergic to fragrances. So, she made it very clear. That, you know, when you come in, do not wear anything scented. And I forgot and I put on my lotion and I remember sitting there in her office and the office is like a tiny office. So there's no escaping. And she's coughing like she was having a hard time. And she goes, did you wear like, a, did, did you put on cologne or something? I was like, uh, no, ma'am, might be my deodorant. I don't know. She was like, I'm, I'm just going to ask you to go sit in the hallway. It's like, okay. And then I realized, like, oh, shit, I did put on that lotion. So, oh, well. She she wasn't a very nice person. Like, just like she, she was having a blast getting people in trouble. So then I got transferred to another probation officer. She was a lot cooler. She may as well have been, like, my therapist. Like, I wanted to go visit that chick. She was, like, really, really nice. <laughs> we always, like, laughed and had good jokes. So I was like, dude, look, I'm glad that my probation is ending. But, I, you know... I'm sad that I'm not going to, you know, have to come to like probation meetings like much longer because like you were really cool, but I don't want to get in trouble no more. So like I'm, I'm much older, wiser and less troublemaker making makery. 
make I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Less of a troublemaker. But um but either way, that's just another sidetrack. Um I do have some questions to ask you though. Um just because I like to ask questions. I like to make my okay. podcast seem like they're they're real questions to, you know, real interview style questions. It's not really. Um it's just more so for funsies in conversation as you know we're we're you know kind of getting towards the end here of our conversing. So I figure let's go out on a uh, on a fun note. So okay. um if you could bring back any canceled TV series, which series would you bring back? Canceled. And I know over there is a little different over here, so I'm, I'm gonna need some reference, some explanation too, because you, you might say something wild. I'm like, okay, yeah, good answer, good answer. In reality, yeah, I'm just like, it wasn't canceled. It was, it just came to like a natural end. A program called Only Fools and Horses, which is considered the one of the best British comedies, because it's. Um, really really funny but without all the swearing it's just it's absolutely it's so funny but there are a lot of um british and cockney references cockney references are people from um east london they speak in cockney rhyming slang so they'll say apples and pears instead of stairs so it can be quite confusing if you if you're outside of the uk but that came to a natural end. But I would bring that back. That was that was amazing. Only Fools and Horses, it's called. I grew up on it. It was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I still watch it now, actually. I still watch reruns. Oh. Like It's always nice to have that show that, that you know, you like so much that even with the reruns, you can still go back and enjoy it. Yeah. I, like, I like the show called Lost over here in the U.S. Oh, uh, yeah. Of- we have that in the U.K. as well. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of it was like kind of very divisive. Like a lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated. It. I loved it, um, and it ended the way that it had to end, and that's fine. If they decide to do a reboot or or revisit, I'd be in to watch it because I did enjoy the show. There's a lot of emotion in that last season. I just talked about it the other day to somebody and how much I cried when a Korean couple, um, you know, met their end. Spoiler alert. Um, Actually, actually, I still kind of get teared up because it was just so goddamn powerful. It's like, yeah. oh my lord! Like, no, not this way. <laughs> no, um, I might go back and watch that. I might um, go through all seasons again, or all six seasons um, again, really soon. I started watching it a few months back, and then I just got sidetracked with life. So, who knows? Maybe I'll get back to it and cry some more. Because that's what I do. Um, you can choose anyone in the world to become friends with. Who do you choose? That's a weird question. Like, so is someone I'm not friends with at the moment? Yeah, yeah. I guess let's say like, because that's weird. Because if you're not friends with them and you don't know them, like, how do you know that you want to be friends with them? That's the thing because they have this, particularly on Instagram and in the media, they have this mm. persona, and it doesn't necessarily mean they're like that. I'm going to say Les Brown, the motivational speaker. He's awesome. I don't know if you've heard of him. I don't think I have. He's an awesome motivational speaker. Hmm. And as you know from my Instagram, I love a good motivational quote. 
<laughs> I do too. Some people hate, but I don't care. I don't care. Every time I put up something motivational, there's there's some troll that wants to come in and say something, to, you know, yeah. deflecting. It's like, come on, dude, don't be a dick. I just put up a post um, of a young lady who does jujitsu. Um, and I want to shout her out, but at the same time, I don't because people are such dicks. But um, every time I put a post about her and, and she's doing jujitsu, and it's usually only with her posts. Someone always says, well, you know, if you're doing it that way, you know, you're going to get hit. Or if you're doing it that way, you know, you're going to have, you know, it's not going to work. And it's like, and I always want to reply with like the way that you're kind of acting with this, though, it makes me think that you want to go out and hit women. <laughs> like, because it's mostly guys who are always commenting as to Isn't how by any chance a very blonde girl with tattoos yes. yeah mm -hmm. i know who you mean yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and it's it's always frustrating because it's like i enjoy her post yeah i follow know. her as well i follow her and, and and you know she she's a nice young lady yeah as far as i know but every I time i techniques are good that's why i follow yeah. her yeah that's that's why i repost it yeah. like, okay. but you know there's always some jerk that comes in yeah. and makes a snotty comment and it's like dude like you make me think that you probably hit women and that's not okay so fuck off and a lot of times i'll go and like check back and look at their account it's like okay so you have a private account you have uh one one follower or one post there's always like it's always like one then like a double digit number and then they follow a bunch of accounts and it's yeah. like, okay, you're a troll. You're probably someone that I know. You're probably someone that's listening. I see you, motherfuckers. Um, I'll edit that out too. <laughs> um, I, I have to really get my my curse words under control. Like, like once I start getting emotional, it's like, mm -mm, nah, we're saying all the bad words. Um, if you were a food, what food would you be? Sweet potato or passion fruit, passion fruit. Yeah, I didn't even hesitate. No. <laughs> I just like I feel like you've been thinking about that one. Like, like you're yeah, prepared for that passion, answer. Definitely passion fruit, but I love sweet potato as well. So I'm trying to grow more fond of sweet potatoes as just oh, a, as a um as an alternative option. Like, you know, they're they're delicious. I just don't ever think about them. Like, it's just, oh, well, yeah, here we got it. Um, what weird thing would you make socially acceptable if you could? Oh, um, that's a great question. Yeah, I like that one because I've got answers. What weird thing would I make socia socially acceptable? Oh, that's such a good question. Please um, with me, I kind of don't really kind of follow social norms in a sense yeah if i want to know something i'll just ask if they think i'm strange let them think i'm strange um yeah. i think i don't think it's weird but when you ask someone how they are or how they're doing or about their mental health a lot of people don't want to answer it's not seen as like oh we've got to put on this it's seen as like we've got to put on this front even though we're not okay so I would True. make that more socially acceptable. It should, it shouldn't, it should be socially acceptable. But the fact is, it's not. 
sadly. That's true. Um, and I agree that that's something that I just spoke with um, Raj from Open yeah, Talk on Instagram. Yeah. And that was something he and I were discussing I, when I did the Human Library. Um, my book title was Fighting Depression by Fighting. And I had a few people come in and we discussed, you know, it's just it's a really tough topic because people are made to, you know, pretend like everything's okay when everything's not okay. They're they're they you know, over the late last you know, I, I'm very open to you, you know, whenever we're talking back and forth, it's like, hey, what's going on? But I've had, you know, the last couple I wanna say weeks where it's been like a real roller coaster for me. And I'm open about it. I'm willing to let people know, like, look, man, I'm not okay. You know, it's just, I think part of me saying that though, is I can be kind of a jerk when I'm not okay. So I want people to understand I'm not doing this at you. It's just, I'm not in a good place right now. Yeah. And I just need, you know, a little bit of breathing room. Um, I think I called my friend a bastard the other day and uh, I wasn't really thinking. I was like, oh, you're a fucking bastard. I was like, uh, and then I yelled at one of uh, our team leads at work. He, he called me and I answered the phone because I knew it was him. So I knew it wasn't like, I got to like, you know, talk to a tenant. And he was like, dude, you just sound absolutely thrilled. Like you, like, why are you sound so depressed? I was like, dude, I'm coming off a fucking concussion. My head hurts right now. These bright lights are fucking with me. And I, I left out the fact that I don't like him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I was like staring in that direction. I was like, and, you know, you know, he was cool after that. And I told my manager the other day, I was like, I should text him and apologize. And I was like, fuck him. Like, we're not doing that. But yeah, it, I think we should be more open and just be allowed to say that we're not okay instead of if we're not okay yeah, I'm, fine. People, I'm fine just a bit tired just yeah. a bit tired that's what people say yeah. exactly whenever anyone says anything like nah i'm all right you know i'm just you know tired didn't sleep well last night but in reality i'm fucking spiraling out of control i'm gonna go home and drink a box of wine and probably curl up in a corner and listen to old Sade records and cry but i like Sade, so what can i say <laughs> Um, would you rather never use toilet paper again or wear wrinkled clothes forever? That's really weird. Like that's a, that's a very wear wrinkled clothes forever. Definitely. Yeah. I, I don't, it's weird. Like, why would that even be a comparable option? Like, yeah, I'm gonna use toilet. Well, I don't have to because of my stomach, but you know, if I had to use toilet paper, I'm never going to not choose to not use toilet paper. That's goofy. That's a dumb question. To be honest, not, I don't really iron my clothes anyway. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know. I just, I wear sweat pants and sweatshirts all the time and they're heavier so they never really get wrinkled so i don't ever have that issue yeah Um, and i I think i'm also in that mindset of like okay if i'm wearing wrinkled clothes and you got a problem with it fuck you fight me (laughs) it's like i'm not worried about what my clothes look like i'm not impressing anybody you know like i don't need to impress nobody because i'm fucking charismatic that's that's impressive enough fuck (laughs) um would you rather have lobster claws or hedge clippers for hands. That's lobster weird. claws or hedge clippers. Like Edward Scissorhands. These are strange ask questions. Um, hedge hedge clippers more intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah I don't I don't know because 
either one's a detriment. Um, Helps it with smell, wouldn't it? Maybe. Maybe wash your hands more. I don't know. It's What's COVID season. <laughs> like, like wash your hands and, and use soap this time. I don't know. So, I, like hedge clippers, I'm just worried because I got to pick my nose or something. That's, <laughs> like, that's a rough time. <laughs> like like a really rough time. Um, and, and just, I don't know. Like, and if you got a wipe, like, okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, would you rather never wear shorts or socks again? I'd rather never wear socks. Yeah, I don't know. Madrid gets hot, really hot. You need to wear shorts in Madrid. I actually, I don't know when was the last time I wore shorts. Oh, it was a year ago because we, I didn't know the schedule. The schedule at Jiu-Jitsu changed. Uh So I was already there and I was like, well, shit, I'll just do Muay Thai. And I didn't have gear with me. So they gave me some shorts and let me just say somebody's been skipping leg day a lot. <laughs> like my legs are all like Jay-Z, like skinny and like ashy. I was like, and I can't like, you know, I can't be like, fuck y'all. I'll beat you up. Cause I'm going to Muay Thai. They will all kill me. So like, I just had to take the jokes. I was just like, all right, well, fuck it. Like whatever. Like, you guys are just going to pick on me. I can't do anything against you because you can beat me up. Do you believe in aliens? No. Uh, well, I answer that too prematurely. I've never seen an alien, but just because I haven't seen it, it doesn't mean they don't exist. So I'm on the fence about that one. I'm open-minded. I'm open-minded. Good. I've never seen one, but that doesn't mean they're not out there. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Um, would you purchase a home that is confirmed to be haunted? Oh, confirmed by whom exactly? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Ghostbusters. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Probably, De- demonologist. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I it, so I'm weird about that with ghosts though. Because it's like, it's not that I don't believe them. It's just I haven't seen one. That's yeah. a quote from um, John Cusack in uh, that movie 1408. I always say that quote a lot whenever we're talking about ghosts. It's like, it's not that I don't believe in them. It's just I haven't seen one. So Yeah, that's how yeah. I feel about aliens. Just because I haven't seen them, it doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, That's a weird question. I'm not asking that one. Um, What do you think ghosts do when they're, you know... When they're not interacting with the living. I think they probably like do ghost activities like go to Home Depot and buy like garden supplies and shit. I feel I like they... ghosts have like chores. <laughs> what do ghosts do when they're not interacting with the living? Um, I think they just probably stay in buildings like hooting around and making i don't know ghost noises <laughs> <laughs> just just being like ghosts just doing yeah. ghostly shit yeah oh have you ever used a ouija board before never and i won't never. one of my one of my tenants at work when um ever we have to open their unit for auction they have the the mil- so it's weird that that's a game ouija like it's a game that we sell here for kids to buy, and it's very, very bizarre. 
but that's I, I guess you know you got to be 21 to buy alcohol but you can be eight years old to conjure up spirits it's cool um but every time we open the unit that goddamn game is staring right at us and i told oh, my manager i was like if we open this one day and that fucking game is moved <laughs> i'm out on the spot i'm just gonna leave and and they can you know they can ask why and i can tell them because so um we're going to wrap up there because, um, quite honestly, I could go on all day with these goofy questions, and I don't, I don't think anyone wants that. And also, I gotta, I gotta go coach these these kids, um, teach them how to beat me up. Um, so, Tiana, thank you as usual for being my guest on here. Definitely appreciate you coming on and and just goofing off and and being silly with me. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Um, and as usual, I was, I always want to ask, do you have anything you want to shout out or promote? Yeah. Shout out to Chris at excess guard mouth guards for all his support and also to hyperfly Europe for their support. Absolutely. I'm going to put their, their links in the notes so people can find them and also everyone out there. Thank you for listening. I don't know why I'm pausing so much. Uh, thanks for listening. I, I do really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. And um, as always, you can find Tiana on Instagram. That's that's where I found her. Uh, that's where she <laughs> found me. So I, I think you guys can find her there as well. Um, what's your, like, I see your name every day, but for some reason, is it Tiana underscore Taylor or, or underscore is it? Taylor underscore BJJ. And a lot of underscores in there. Yeah, a lot of underscores. Yeah. So um, those will be in the notes as well. So um, you all can follow Miss Tiana on Instagram as well. She has quite a, an interesting um, Instagram page with inspirational stories and posts. So go ahead, give a follow. You won't be sorry. Also, make sure you're following. Um, BJJ Mama on Instagram. And if you go to Flex Pro Mills and use her promo code BJJ Mama 20, you'll save yourself 20% on some good eats. I'm actually, I have one more meal left. I got to go upstairs and heat it up and eat it because I'm hungry. It's chicken, it's a lemon chicken. So I'm, that sounds I'm, good. It, it's about to be awesome awesome i gotta order some more and um i also got some merchandise y'all go go check it out um i'll put the link it's i I don't know what the link is off top so if you're listening just go go check the notes it's in the notes um i got t-shirts i got mugs i think i got hoodies now and um they're tight but not really they're available but i actually just got them in multiple colors now i'm so excited but um, I'm going to buy a pair for myself because I want a pair of Tyson says BJJ wiki up the leg. Like I'm going to get a purple pair like Prince. Um, but otherwise, you know, that's it. You know, thanks everyone for listening. Um, greatly appreciate you. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, always feel free to reach out to me. I'm a friendly guy, I think. And if you ever want to be a guest on the show, just say, Hey Dante, I want to be a guest on your show. Let's talk about some goofy stuff. We can do that. I like talking about goofy stuff. As you can hear at this episode, it just asks a bunch of goofy questions. And, you know, you, you know, if you're into goofy stuff, cool. If you're not, 
don't listen to episode 50. <laughs> episode 50, 51, 52, 53, 54. <laughs> that shit's about to go off the rails because there was a five-hour podcast and it's about to be broken up into five one-hour episodes. So um, that's why I was letting you all know that this is episode 49. So next week, be ready. It, it's about to get weird. Um, otherwise, thank you all. Um, Y'all keep listening and I will keep recording these. Bye. Now let me see his song.